And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torresani. It's yeah. my favorite. My mom was like, that is the best name I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm like, I really? Thank you. <laughs> it is so chic. It it's um, it's a really old Latin name. So it was my great grandmother's name, oh and I actually gosh. only found out yeah a few years ago. My dad was like, you know, the reason we named you Blonda after my great grandmother is because he grew up with really strict parents, and his great grandmother was the woman that he he said he felt unconditionally loved and accepted by in his oh, childhood. That's so sweet. And he wanted to pass it on. And I was like, I love that, you know? Oh my yeah. gosh. Now, where are you from again? You're from Switzerland? I'm from Switzerland, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how long have you been in the States for? So I moved to New York when I was 22. If I'm if I'm too, bouncing around too much, let me know. I'm just I, like- listen, I want you to know that you are not the only mom that has been on the podcast bouncing. I should I be bouncing, but I, um, you know, I'm lazy. So I feel like the more bounce, you're the good, better. You're good. <laughs> you look comfortable. So I moved to New York when I was 22 for college. And the whole plan was for me to kind of go to college and then move back to Switzerland. Uh Uh-huh. And then I got a really great job opportunity right out of college. And I was like, oh, I got to take this. I'm going to stay. And then the years just kept adding it up. And um, I was in New York for seven years and then moved here about seven years ago. So I've been in in both cities. Wow. And do you miss kind of the European lifestyle, though? Like, do you ever think like, oh, I wish that I was having my baby over in Europe? I don't know. I mean, I kind of it's this has become home for me now. I've been here for 14 years. It's, right. You know, it's been my entire adult life, more or less, that I right. spent in the States. Um, I, I go back a lot. My husband's English. So we both, you know, all of our families in Europe, we go back twice a year. Right. So it's enough. I mean, obviously not not the last few years, but. (laughs) Right. Right. No, but it's so interesting because I have so many friends. I I feel like everyone in my life is European and I'm like so jealous because I'm like, oh, I'm living vicariously through them. They're like, oh yeah, we're going back home to holiday and like, we're going to Mykonos. We're going here and we're going there. And then I'm like, I want to do all this. Like, this is so much fun. So I'm going to live vicariously through you. Um, But what I do notice is so many of my friends you know, I have a really dear friend who's from Sweden and she and her and her husband is English as well. And, you know, they had their baby out here. And I always wondered, you know, I, it was before I started interviewing moms and kind of being in this whole mom world. But now that I think of it, I, I'm going to ask Jen, I'm going to say, you know, do you do you ever think about what it would be like to give birth in Sweden opposed to giving birth here? Because I know it's such a different experience. And our mutual friend who introduced us, who is my favorite person of all time, Jennifer Missoni. Hello, Jen. Love her. her. (laughs) It's so fascinating because she had such a different birth and a, a delivery and labor and a whole experience with her two babies, one which was born in Los Angeles at the same hospital, you know, that probably all of us are going to give birth at. And then the other, her second, you know, Luna was over there, you know, basically uh, she was on her own in Italy. Like, and she's like, yeah, it was really tough and it was a lot. And they kind of leave you alone. And there's this big plastic tub in the hospital and there's not really doctors, there's midwives. And I'm like, wow, this is such a different experience like to go through. Yeah. Oh, no, I think no, you can have a different experience no matter where you are though. Because so yeah. I was a home birth. Really? My mom gave birth to me at home and to my sister a couple of years later. And um, and it was not like as common to have a home birth. I think I was made, there was maybe one other kid in my class, you know, in school that was a home birth. Everyone else was born in a hospital. Um, and I think- it's something like if you want to do a home birth, you can do that anywhere. You know, right. I don't think it's that like specific to countries. It's just about what your preferences are and I guess that's you know, right. where you feel the most comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess that's totally right. And I don't know how, how you plan on, on doing your, your birth process, but I, I am doing mine in a hospital if I make it there. I say that, but I started, <laughs> I felt really called, um, to hypnobirthing. And this was something that I had talked about with, with, um, Jennifer. Um, and I said to her, you know, cause I, I'm going to the same doctor that she did when she had her first, you know, child here in LA in, in Los Angeles. But I, you know, and she was not called to do hypnobirthing cause I feel like she's evolved and she's even like, 
on another level, she can hypnobirth herself all day long. Like she is just like the most evolved. She's good at birthing her babies, Jen. She is. That is like, she is like meant for that. But I felt really (laughs) called reading, seeing this book in my, in my OB's office. And I was like, what's hypnobirthing? And my husband and I both practice transcendental meditation. And I believe in hypnosis that helped me a lot when I was a kid. So I felt called to read this book. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm loving this. And it was interesting because my mother, while I was born in a hospital um, in San Francisco, I mean, up north in Stanford University, actually, um, she believed in a natural birth. And so she didn't have any any medicine. She didn't have an epidural. You know, she was in labor for probably way longer than she should have been. I was cooking for way longer than I should have been as well. I was in there for about 10 months, they kept trying to induce her. And she was like, no, 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 I'm going to do this myself. I was too, by the way. Really? I was too. Yeah. Yeah, But I I think it was a thing, you know, but, and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't believe that your mom, you know, didn't have an epidural. And my mom was like, I didn't even think it was really even an option. I just, it it was an option. You know what I mean? Because we're around the same age and, and that was something that was available, but it just didn't, for her, it was not there. Do you know what I mean? She wanted to have a truly natural process, mm-hmm. which is like the hypnobirthing. And why was your mom, um, why, how did you get to have a home birth? I mean, I think that's so, so cool and so she special. Said, she said, and I asked her about this and she said she wanted to experience it. Wow. And I was like, I love that, you know? Yeah. And it's actually what we're planning on doing as well. So I'm having a home birth as well. Oh my gosh. Oh, please tell <laughs> oh, me yeah. everything about this. Oh my gosh. How how did you decide I think this? I have another one of these talks because I haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? Like We, we have to do it before and coming. after. The like notion of being really present, experiencing birth. It's really appealing to me. So we're doing an, an unmedicated home birth, but we've built a team of people that I completely trust. I have yeah. midwives, I have a doula, oh. my husband. We're taking a hypnobirthing course. So the book that you're just that you just referenced. Oh my gosh. I love it. Amazing. <laughs> it's a five-week hypnobirthing course. It's every Sunday. It's um with Nina Phelan. Oh, amazing. She's a wonderful doula. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. I love her. I took mine with Alicia Tamburi and it was the mm-hmm. same thing. It was a five week course and it was on Sunday. It was like the four hour, you know, a Sunday course. Yep. I exactly. am telling you, if you have questions, if you need notes, I did a follow-up class with Alicia, like a private I where Sturgis it. and I did this. I literally can't even tell you. I have notes all over the house. I, I can't, yeah. it's the experience was so magical because it was everything that I wanted it to be in more, you know, like I, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything I, I had hoped it to be, you know, cause I'm very, um, I would say non-traditional and really always someone that's in search of finding, you know, not even just like the natural way. I don't mean it like that. Cause then that makes me sound like I'm like, Oh, anti-medicine. Like, that's not true. Holistic but, approach, a more holistic approach, but also like yeah. more a spiritual approach and more where I'm in touch that's with true. my body and connected to the baby. You know, I think that that's what yeah. was the most important for me. And what I want to yeah. say, what you're doing with the hypnobirthing course is so smart by doing it towards the end of your pregnancy. What I did is I was like, oh, I think you have to do it at like 25 weeks. And I was like signed up right away. I was like so nervous. You I was like, on it. I was a little too on it. And I was by far the, the, I would, what do you say? The youngest in the class. Like, you're not going to say the youngest, like not my age, but my baby's age is the youngest, you know? Along yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, uh, okay. I don't know any of these things that you guys are experiencing. Like I had just gotten into my second trimester. I was like, oh, I should talk about these things because there's a few really weird things that I've been experiencing. Oh my God, tell me. Oh my God. Have you heard of lightning crotch? No. This is something that I experienced for the first time. Lightning crotch? This is fascinating. And also like kind of a superhero name. (laughs) I actually like that a lot for superhero name. But it's kind of just the way the baby's in there, it might like push on some nerves and you just feel this like shooting pain go down your vagina. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know someone, I've been taking um, a 
prenatal yoga class. Uh-huh. And one of the other women had mentioned it. And I was like, that sounds crazy. And a week later, I felt it. And I'm so glad that she was talking about it in the yoga class because I, it would have freaked me out. It would have completely freaked me out. Well, I think that there are so many things, right, that we don't hear about or we don't even read about. And yeah. the, that you experience them and you're like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world, right? I mean, and yeah. it's so scary and terrifying because if you don't know what to expect and this whole process is new to you, I mean, this is our first child, you know? So for yeah. for us, it's like, oh my God, everything is like, oh my God, don't touch, don't do not don't do this. Like, don't do that, you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm, and I have friends who have second and third children and they're like, oh, that goes out the window. Yeah. Like you, you, you don't eat organic. You just eat whatever you want. <laughs> like you don't exercise. Yeah. Like you just, you just, it's a free for all. You're like, fuck it. Like, let's just have some fun, you know? Um, I think but- that's why it's good to talk to other women that are going through the same experience, right? Yes. Because you do realize that certain things are completely normal. And, 100%. You know, certain things. Yeah, you know, it's 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 also figuring out for ourselves what works for us and what doesn't. And yes. what might work for one person might not work for the other. And that's completely okay, too. I think that the diversity in all of this is is beautiful, you know? Absolutely. What kind of advice did you get from your mom since you guys are both experiencing, you know, you're going to be following in her in her labor footsteps yeah. on having a home birth? Yeah. What kind of, you know, you know, I don't know, any insights or anything that you can share that you learned from her? Yeah, so I actually invited my mom. So she's going to oh. be here oh, at, the, <laughs> at my birth, which I love. I love that. Um, hopefully my sister as well. Yes. Um she, my mom was a very, or still is a very, um, she journals all the time. Oh, wow. That's great. And she's been sending me her journal entries from the time when she was pregnant with me. Oh, that's fabulous. It's so insightful because there's so many things that I completely relate to. And then there are other things because, you know, it's like 35 plus years ago. Sure. I think she was actually kind of looking for something like a hypnobirthing that would give her tools. And it wasn't really around back then. And she couldn't really, she didn't really have that resource. And she didn't really have, she didn't have an ultrasound with me because it just wasn't really, you know. That wasn't a thing. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't really a thing. So something's so different and something are very much the same. But I think the overall notion is that our bodies know how to build this baby. That's right. And, and they know how to birth the baby, you know? I I mean, that's kind of my thoughts, right? I mean, and what's so funny is, do you feel like there's almost, I wouldn't even say judgment, but there is a little judgment from people when you say, oh no, I'm going to have a natural birth. Like I, I I have gotten to the point where Mm -hmm. I don't speak really about you know, when I'm meeting other moms and they're like, oh my God, are you so excited? Are you, you know, having an epidural? Are you getting a deuce? Like, what is your situation? I'm like, oh, and I used to be like, I'm letting her cook as long as she wants. Like, we're going to, you know, just experience this. I want to feel everything. And, and maybe that's naive. And I'm hoping to be naive going into this being like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to know any bad juju or thoughts going into it. Um, or have any bad expectations, but I think that's I, smart. I, yeah, but I want to also, you know, I I feel like people are now so prone to you go in, you get an epidural, you get induced, you do this, you do that. Then there could be a C section, and you get it done. And I feel like if you think anything opposite, you're like a Looney Tunes. Like that's how I've been. That's how I feel. I, I don't know if you feel that if you've yeah. seen that or if you're around enough moms where you've noticed that. I think it's, there's definitely, there's definitely a, a, I wouldn't even say judgment. I don't really talk about, I mean, obviously now I'm talking about the home birth, but I don't really offer up that piece of information unless I'm directly asked. Right. And I'm, I'm just, my husband and I are planning this birth according to what, how we want to experience it. Yeah. And there's also, you know, no judgment on my side for anyone who wants to no. and get an epidural and do it that way because I Good think on you. the only the only advice or the only thing that I think is important for women to do is to make a really informed decision. Right. And know what your options are and um if at the end of looking at all these options you want to get induced and have a epidural or a C-section or whatever. Sure. 
do it, you know, do it. Go for it. It's your own life. And like, that's exactly. And I think to be what's right for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I think that, you know, just like raising a baby, you have to do things that you believe in and like that that's right for you. There's so many options and it's just like how many car seats to choose from. It's like everyone has their own right car seat, right? Everything's a right oh fit. Oh my God, there's so much research that went into this for us. <laughs> oh my God, it is so frustrating. I'm, I'm really fortunate to have a husband who's very, um, he's very organized and he's he researches everything down to, you know, so he he looked at everything and then chose what that he thought was- is- yeah. amazing oh my god that's amazing now I and i'm to, glad because i'm like you, you do that you, you're like, like you, this you is your job i'm good <laughs> i'll birth the baby i'm gonna birth the baby you you do that it's perfect yeah exactly <laughs> i'm gonna birth the baby now will you be having a water birth at home we will have a pool uh-huh. and um i'm kind of gonna i'm gonna leave that open because i think there's also something to one of the reasons I want a home birth is because I want to be able to move. Like I want to be, able, I don't know how I'm going to feel, you know, right. I want to be able to, if I feel like having this baby in the shower, that's where it's going to be. And if right. I feel like getting in the tub, that's where I'm going to do that. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's none of these. Right. Um, yeah. But we will have a, we will have a, um, a birthing pool here. We got curtains. Uh-huh. What are the curtains for? <laughs> well, you know, you like you mean for your house right now, but- we're oh. curtains for a living room because we're like, we love our neighbors, but not that much. Oh my know? gosh. Because I am peeing my pants. <laughs> I was like, where did she get curtains for? I'm so confused. And then, yeah, oh my yeah. God. No, yeah. no, it's just for privacy. We got privacy curtains. I, I think that that is, that. that is brilliant. Although yeah. I will say I would pay big money, I think, to watch someone else's birth because we had to Walk watch. Walk by a house all- and just be like, oh. <laughs> oh, hi. Oh, hi, Mr. Jones. Like walking your dog across the street. You know, it's so funny because when yeah. we took this hypnobirthing course, I'm so excited because I'm going to have, after I give birth, I'm going to have the, my teacher come on and, and speak about it um, and kind of share it. So that. I can share my experience because like you said, like we, I, you haven't had that experience yet of the, of the home birth. So you don't know, you know what to you know what you are looking forward to and why you are doing it, but you don't know how you're going to feel afterwards or what's going to happen yeah. and so forth. Um, but with the hypnobirthing, I was so nervous, you know, because I, I, I'm surrounded by a lot of babies. I have a huge family, like with, with cousins, mm-hmm. but I've never really experienced videos of a home birth before. I've never really seen that up close and personal, especially strangers, I would say. But I'm a, I'm not someone that gets grossed out by blood. I'm not someone that gets grossed out by anything. Like, I'm like pretty fine. Like, I, I'm pretty good. My husband, on the other hand, does not like blood, right? So I'm like, oh, he's about faint. Like this, this hypnobirthing course is not going to go well because they're going to be showing us a bunch of videos and it's not going to be go great. I am telling you, I learned more about Sturgis over this hypnobirthing course than anything. He was the one that was like, <laughs> oh my God, should we watch it again? Because he couldn't even believe it was not gross. It was not like icky to him. None of that. He was like, this is the most incredibly powerful thing that he, it was so powerful and moving to him because not it only is, could yeah. he believe that these women were, you know, quiet, having births at home and even some in the hospital, you know, and some in water, mm-hmm. but and it wasn't even the quietness. It was just the focus of how these women, you could see they were just, it was not even yeah. hypnotized. Like they just were focused yeah. on the breath and taking care of their bodies and putting all the energy mm-hmm. that they had in the baby. Because you're used to seeing movies, right? Where the women screaming, fuck you for knocking me up. And then, and then, and then, and then. That's the drama, you know? It's like, that's probably more interesting movie than seeing a of woman course. who like, is in her element and yes. in her primal brain and birthing a baby. So, And the primal <laughs> noises, yeah. The primal noises. But like, whatever, that the thing is too, like, I feel like, my mantra during this pregnancy has been whatever my body needs to do to grow this baby is that's what, that's what it needs to do. And that's kind of my whole mantra for birth as well is, you know, if I'm making whatever noise I need to make, then that's that's what it is. And everyone who's at the birth knows that too, you know? And that's, I think why I chose the, the home birth setting, because I think I will feel the calmest and I will be the, you know, able to get into 
You're going to be empowered. The yeah, the empowerment you're going to create. I, that's exactly the idea behind it. Because I think birth can be very empowering and oh, it doesn't yeah. have to be scary. And no. it doesn't have to be you know, dramatic. And yeah, no. it can be, but... And I'm, not necessarily. No, I'm telling you, I am so scared of so many things. I am not scared of the actual labor and the birth. I'm not. That's the one. Right, right. And isn't it? It's like so bizarre. And that's, I think what the hypnobirthing class helped me with. I felt, I had a few freak out moments early in pregnancy. And I was like, I'm preparing to, you know, climb this Mount Everest. And I, I'm not, I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know the sensations I'm going to feel. I don't know the intensity of it. How am I going to, how am I going to even prepare for this? And after the hypnobirthing course that we took, I feel like all of that are kind of dissolved. And, you know, I feel, I feel really good about it. Yeah. What were some of the things that you went into when you were, you know, you first discovered that you were pregnant? What were some of the fears that you had come across um, that you were maybe not even expecting? Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of stuff came up for me um, emotionally, just because um, when we're pregnant, we're so open. Yeah. And so like you get into this, diff- you're growing yeah. a human, you know, it's, it is it's kind of a very spiritual process, even leading up to the birth. Yeah. And moving into that motherhood, parenthood um, mindset and and you know uh, I think a lot of like stuff came up for me and I'm super glad and super thankful for my husband because he's very you know kind and very yeah. open to you know and I'm having a moment and I'm he's not going to call me the emotional woman and he's not going to be like oh you know she's she's crazy she's, uh, she's pregnant yeah. he's like yeah let's you know let's talk about it and let's figure out where this is coming from and I also have I mean if done so much therapy over the last decade or so and I have have so many resources of people that I could talk to that I think it was it was just like a good a good thing for me to know that whatever's coming up is okay to come up yeah and then on top of that you know our bodies are changing so that can be very triggering for a lot of women you know a lot of women don't know how it's going to change yeah yeah and it's also interesting to me the the um the willingness of a lot of people to share their scary birth stories with a pregnant woman or to focus on the negative and, right. you know, tell you, Oh, you know, he's, don't do this. Oh, yeah. Have you have stretch marks yet? And, you know, it, stuff like that, even if it's, you know, a little like more superficial things, but there's a big focus on, on how scary it is and how, you know, yeah. you're going to get huge and, and, and then the birth, you know, and, and I've tried to just like shield myself and also like my husband's good. He's like, careful what you tell her, you know, careful what you tell her. Okay. I was just talking about this on a podcast, another episode where that was something that Sturgis learned from the hypnobirthing of like, you know, we would hear other people's stories or, you know, who would be sharing these like, you know, horror stories basically, you know? And he would, he would say to me afterwards, you know, that was their experience. That was their journey. Mm-hmm. That's not ours. Ours is not going to be like that. And I reject that. You know, I reject that for us. You know, and it's it's I those like little you. things where you don't think that, you know, I, I guess it's just reprogramming the mind, you know, because otherwise yeah. you're going to go into that birth process and you're going to be like, oh, A, B, and C is going to happen to me. And then it's going to be the worst. Yeah. And then am I going to lose the baby? And then is this going to happen? And then, oh my God, what if the baby doesn't cry? And it's like, it's just fear. It's constant fear over and over and over. And I think that yeah. there's, so that's what I, that's what I've noticed. I don't know if you have, but for me personally, what I've noticed in this entire process of my pregnancy, cause I kept it quiet for so long, you know, I know that Jen had written me and she was like, you know, can I tell Blonda yet? And I was like, yes, now you can, now you can, you know? Was, and I was like, you can't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't tell anyone. I want to yeah. connect you guys, but you have, you can't tell anyone. You can't tell anyone. It's the biggest <laughs> <Don't worry>. secret. <laughs> and it was so, it was so cute because, but I, I, I had to keep it quiet for many reasons. Like there were some health issues. We also chose not to tell even family until um, the second trimester because we had, you know, history of miscarriages and a lot of, you know, bad issues. So we were just like, you know what, let's just count our blessings and keep it quiet and see what happens, you know. Um, But um, I I noticed that. Here we are. 
And here we are, like everything's great, you know, knock on wood. But I think that it's been really hard, you know, because there is that stigma of, well, you shouldn't tell anyone in the first trimester because you may possibly not, you know, be able to go full term. So you better keep it quiet. But then you're going through all these experiences alone. I talked about this with my friend Jenna on the podcast a couple of weeks ago where I was saying, um, you know, I was, at, we, we're best friends, right? And we did not know that each other was pregnant, but we were asking oh our God. other friend oh at dinner um, who had just had a baby, oh like little like questions. And I'd be like, is it normal to bleed during pregnancy? It, it happened to a friend of mine, dot, 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 you know, and we're like doing for someone else. Yeah. For someone else. Like we were doing this and it's like, wow, you know, there's a part of me that's happy that I kept it quiet from, from the outside world mm -hmm. because I got to really experience and nurture this baby almost like, you know, for the full pregnancy alone, it, it's been really magical yeah. and special and like this unique, like little secret. But then there's also a part of me that's like, wow, I wish that I did open up at the beginning because I feel like I would have had such a relief of, wow, we all go through this together and it, it is normal yeah. to feel alone and it is normal to yeah. feel out of your mind and out of your body because Please. you are literally experiencing like an alien growing inside of you. You know, did yeah. you, did you feel like you were comfortable opening up to people right away or were you kind of cautious as well? Well, I had a, I was on a, a trip in my probably, I, I popped really early on. I oh. was definitely, I mean, now I look at those photos and I'm like, oh, I thought I had a, you thought that a big was a baby bump, yeah. but it looked like I had a big lunch, you know, I was like that. No one would have even like picked up on right, that. Right, right. But at the time it felt, you know, my like jeans wouldn't close. And it, right. I was on a trip. I was in Miami at Art Basel to launch a, a project. And um, I I had to go like I panic bought a big like flowy dress to fit into. And right, it was right. just like a weird, it was a weird moment. So I, I, I kind of, I told the people that I would have told had something happened as well. You right. know, I told my sister, I told my parents, we told my husband's parents, so like my, my some of my close friends knew because I group. felt like yeah. a support group. And in case something would have happened, right. I would have wanted them to know that too, because Absolutely. I would have you know, wanted to share that with them as well. Um, I was actually, I mean, I was, I had a like weird thing before because I'm, uh, I was 36 at the time of like getting pregnant. Right. I just turned 37. And um, I, we were, we've been trying, like we were trying for a couple of years to get wow. pregnant and it just kind of wouldn't happen. And we got everything wow. checked and everything was kind of okay. And we're like, why is it not happening? You know? Interesting. Yeah. And I had one, one OB, like I had a bad experience with an OB who basically just looked at me and was like, yeah, well, this is going to be geriatric pregnancy, which also is like such a, such a rude term. It's, <laughs> like, so, should just it's not. so rude. I we did not know it existed until that. they told me. Yes, I mean, exactly. It's ridiculous. And then, you know, she kind of told me I had a heart-shaped uterus and she's like, if, if the likelihood of you conceiving naturally is, are, is very low. And even if you do, you have like a 80% or something crazy percent chance of losing it, oh of a miscarriage. And I didn't, you know, I conceived naturally and I didn't have, so it, she was, she was wrong, but I think, you know, it's such a, but it's so scary. Yeah, and when you hear this, yeah, if you hear these things and then you, yeah. you feel like, okay, well, it's like the trust in doctors. It's like why I did this whole article because I, I was like, you yeah. know, there were so many doctors that I thought that I, you know, could trust. And, and I chose to do the journey the way that I did it of getting off my medicine before I mm -hmm. got pregnant and all that stuff. And, you know, I had been told for years that my baby wouldn't make it inside my belly if I stayed on my medication. And now, That's like, crazy. there's all these turns of events. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's just like, yeah. you know, we I, I I've talked about it before, but I'm not sure with you, but I went to a specialist because we had a few a few issues that had come up during the pregnancy where they just wanted to make sure that the baby was okay. Um, so I had to go a couple like to a special um, like OBs and, and spe heart specialists and stuff like this and do different ultrasounds and this. And, and, you know, that's always so scary, right? Like you're going and you're like yeah. in this hospital and you're like, what is going on? Like, I'm just trying to grow something inside me. Like what's happening? Um, <laughs> so scary, but you know, we had one doctor and, and I always say it's my husband is my witness. Like I'm not crazy. This was not me alone. 
you know, the, the one, the specialist asked, you know, oh, are you still on your Lamictal for your bipolar medicine? And I said, oh, no, no, no. By the way, that's old, old on my chart. I'm not on that anymore. And he was like, well, it's fine. You can totally stay on it. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not what I was told, but okay, sure. Like, great, cool. Um, and then I see him literally Google, like whatever on his map, you know, I mean, on his computer, go- I don't even know it was Google something, some, some medicine Googling, okay, like on some book or something. And um, and he was like, Oh, wait, actually, you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that. That that's right what you did. And I'm like, you literally just told me 30 seconds ago that it was okay yeah. and perfectly safe. You put something yeah. in and then you're saying to warn me. But then my other OB, my normal one, was like, you know, you can be on it. And he's done the research and he's fantastic and he's watching me and monitoring mm-hmm. me and and make sure that my husband is my, you know, eyes and ears basically for him. Um, but it was just yeah. like, there's so much confusion. There's so much, you know, you, you want to put your trust into doctors, right? Because you, that's what you're told to do since you're little, but then they don't, they don't know, they don't have the research and they don't evaluate, they don't give you the time. And it was interesting. My friend, um, who's in the medical field, he told me the average doctor will spend with you at most is seven minutes um, uh, per visit. And it's like yeah. in seven minutes, they told you that you had a heart-shaped uterus and you most likely okay. would be able to carry a baby, let alone have it naturally. You know, and it's it's so like that's the information people are to focus on, right? And that's it's like and and then and then and then wipe hands clean. Bye, bye, Blonda. Nice seeing you. Uh, mm-hmm. Have a good day. Mm-hmm. Now and that, and then to me, like what's upsetting to me about that is not even about the information that she said to you, but the aftermath of just leaving you with that. I mean, that is such that's such uh, really terrifying information to hear, and not giving you resources like you know here's somewhere that you can go to maybe check it out for a you know, second opinion, because second opinions are a big deal. Like you should get a second, third, fourth opinion, you know, Um, or here's a therapist that maybe can help you out, you know, so you don't feel defeated. And I'm sorry if I had bad, bad, you know, tableside manners by saying it the way that I did, you know, it's, it's really hard. And I, I understand why the empowerment for you comes from, you know, I'm going to do this at home in a home birth because my only fear that I will say about having a baby in a hospital is not being able to move around the way that I want to move around. Mm-hmm. And so when you said that, that that's why you chose yeah. that, that really connected to yeah. me. That's a big aspect of it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you can do in a hospital birth to actually be able to move around. Like you can ask, you can request a, a Bluetooth baby monitor if they really have to monitor it. Right. Or you just like, unplug yourself yeah. for a moment to move, you know, and if something comes in, you're like, Oh, I'm going to the bathroom. You yeah. know, I'll Sorry. Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. But, um, but yeah, no, I completely agree with everything that you just said. And it's also, you know, that after that visit, I never went back to that OB, by the way, I, like walked out and I had a moment where like I cried, Yeah, but course. I did say to her, I was like, I was like, you just met me. I don't think anything you just said applies to me. And, um, I, you know, I need someone to cheer me on. Like I'm trying to get pregnant and I, I need someone to like, I need to support. Yes. Support me. Yeah. But that's very brave of you because I I know that, you know, I, I, there have been so many times where I walk out of doctor's appointments and I'm just hysterically crying pre-pregnancy even too. So it's not just the hormones, (laughs) but you know, when you just feel so defeated because you're just like, I wish someone would listen to me and I wish someone would, yeah. you're right, be my cheerleader. And, and that's why I love the midwives too, because the midwife appointments, our prenatal appointments, they're an hour. Yeah. You know? And that's so important. I, I, I'm in there with them. They listen. They they answer my questions. Like one of my first things early, early in pregnancy, I was like, I'm really terrified about caring, you know? Yeah. But like it terrifies me. And and my our midwife was like, well, that's actually, you know, I've, I've given stitches like three times in the last two years. That's yeah. actually so many things you can do to not tear. Right. There's so much, there's so much stuff that is not like common knowledge. It's or not told, talked told about. You. Exactly. Such yeah. as the, the like, perineal prim- massage. Oil, one, yeah. Or like primrose oil, even yeah. primrose oil, or, or you can, you know, like if you listen to your body in terms of like, your body's going to give you the cues to push, you know? Yep. And yep. if you're, I think there's a higher risk if you're, if you're numb and if you can't really feel and someone's 
yelling at you to push push and, and, and then your body's not like ready problem. to push yes you know it can cause it can cause some issues and so i, I feel very calm about that now yeah and, and i think that that's so yeah. yeah and it's the evening primrose oil right i think it's like yeah. right because i because yeah. i got something else and i was like oh wait yeah. that's not it and it said could cause like yeast infection and i was like oh nope i don't want oh, that no. that's not the one i want <laughs> that's not the one no no evening, evening primrose oil yeah and yeah. You, i think you you're supposed to um insert it vaginally Yes. And you do like this stretching. Yeah. And there's something called the yeah. perineal massage. Yeah. And there, I have a very graphic we're picture. That yes, that's what we're doing. I and love it. it's literally yeah. just slowly stretching, stretching you mm-hmm. out, you know, and it's, it's, I think yeah. it's so important and sits bass, like they don't talk about that. Like their sits bass really help out pre-pregnancy. I mean, pre, you know, birth and post-birth, you know, I think there's so many Exactly. You know, so I want to ask, you know, you're an incredible artist, like just phenomenal artist, such a fan, like just love it. Have you felt that you are more creative or you have kind of been so busy baking a baby that you have Mm -hmm. not had that creative outlet? Or maybe there's a different type of outlet that you found with your art being pregnant. I'm so curious, like how people's, you know, they're not even just their occupation, but their passions, mm-hmm. you know, may change or, you know, be so different, mm-hmm. you know, during pregnancy. I had this fantasy of being this, you know, super creative, like tapped in pregnant woman, just like, oh yeah, naked. <laughs> thing. Yeah. And then I actually had a really creative moment be- right be- like before I found out I was pregnant, like very <sighs> early in pregnancy. I made a whole like smaller body of work that I, that I was so into. And I was like, I'm feeling, you know, like the juices are flowing. Yeah. And then it stopped. Really? It stopped. And I just did not feel inspired for months. And it was something that was kind of hard for me to accept and, you know, not be upset about because I had to come to a point where I'm like, all right, you know, if, if all I want to do right now is watch TV shows and eat yeah. Then that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna allow myself to do that. Yeah. I'm gonna allow myself to do that. And um, this this uh, notion of like we have to be disciplined all the time. No, we don't. You know, no. we don't. It's okay. No, it's no. all good. And it's I think good. especially with art, you know, you have to be inspired. You can't be forced to do it. You have to be. And I actually now now that I'm getting closer to this baby actually arriving, I've been feeling more inspired again. But I had a whole I had like five month streak where just nothing is happening. And and that's just, that's okay. Wow. But I love that you were able to accept that because like, that's something that I would be. It took a a moment. I'm talking about it now as if it was like the easiest thing to do, but it definitely took a moment. I'm hard on myself sometimes. And that's one thing I'm trying to really um, do also during this pregnancy is just to be a little softer, you know, just to be a little, be kind and be soft and, and, and understand what's going on and, allow myself to just be, you know, even if you do nothing, even if for an entire day, all you do is nap and sleep and eat and, you know, do nothing. Like you're creating a human. You're doing a lot. It's okay. Well, and I, I, I thank you for reminding me and anyone who's listening of that too, because I mean, I feel so overwhelmed with work where I'm like, oh my God, I have to make sure that everything is edited and everything is posted because for the first three months, I know I'm not going to be available, you know, but my mom's like, you know, what's so funny. It's like, you are going to have this baby and there's going to be so much energy around you, right? You have a newborn crying. You're going to have to swaddle all these things, right? But you're going to want almost to escape for an hour a day by yourself. And like, it may be like going into work and like actually like making a podcast like that may be something that you feel called to do. And it's kind of something that you do for your own self. And you have to accept that you can't just be like, oh, no, 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 it's got to be A, B and C. Like I'm not taking phone calls. She's like, you you need to just like, let your life live because you don't know how you're going to feel and you're not going to know it until it happens. Until it happens. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing for pregnancy, for birth and for postpartum is go with the flow and and decide in a moment what's best, right? Because yeah. There's no point really in, you know, 
trying to decide something that you don't even you haven't never been in a situation you it's don't know so how you're true and say there's something to be said about um really resting after giving birth because you've been through a lot you know i'm reading this book called the first 40 days and you probably you no probably know i don't know that i'm gonna read this oh, it's amazing it's amazing it's it's it speaks to um, how, you know, there's, there's a big, you know, we got to get back in shape and we got to yeah. get back to it. And, you know, we're women, we're working women. So like, sure. we got to like have a baby and then get back to work and be productive. But in, in many cultures, uh, they rest, women rest after birth for the first 40 days, at least, you yeah. know, because, it, and now it's called the fourth trimester because your child's also still technically growing fetus after <laughs> exactly. the first three months. Exactly. It's so, yeah, you so know, it's so interesting. I got a text message this morning from a friend of mine um, who was so sweet. And she, it's it's so weird that you said the whole rest thing because she said, um, the only advice I'm going to give you is be sure to rest after you give birth. Mm -hmm. She says, for me, I wanted to be on the go. And I was like, oh my God, I just had a baby. Like, come look at my baby. Like, I'm going to go to lunch. I'm going to go see my friends. I'm going to go see my family. Mm -hmm. And she said that, that that was what she wishes she would have done is just relaxed and rest. Yeah. So I think that it's pretty wild that I put the phone down from that conversation and then we have this podcast going and that's what 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 is Something's said. Telling you, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, something is yeah. telling me, you know, rest is super important. Yeah. You know what I'm doing? I yeah. wonder if you are too. I'm doing something called belly binding. Do you know belly binding? Yes. Are yes, you doing belly I binding? I, I think I want to do that too, postpartum, because it does, from what I hear, it does help the organs kind of find yeah. their place again and everything to go back. I like that. I even like, I was talking to someone who said that they were doing it and it helped them feel comfortable and confident yes. in their body. She's like, I felt sexy with the, yes. you know, and, and that's great. You know, yeah. whatever we can do to feel good is awesome. Anything yeah. we can do to feel good. Basically what belly binding yeah. is, and I'm going to, I'm going to, the woman that's going to do the belly binding on me, I'm going to interview her as well um, afterwards. But it's basically like, put it's a it's a whole ceremony where they put you know your organs back in in place like every day through mm -hmm. massage and then they wrap you up in this like cloth i think it's cloth i think it's like cotton cloth and it looks cool and it it's looks like, so cool it looks it's like this like sexy corset you know and yeah. um it's yeah. and it's supposed and you do it for you know i'm doing it every other day for 30 days um and mm -hmm. it's you know a whole ceremony and then there's something called closing of the bones. I'm not doing that one, but that's another ceremony that someone that told me about. Yeah. That's yeah. like a whole nother thing where they do this whole ceremony. Like I think it's for, I think it's 40 days postpartum and you, they like close the bones and they take you and they do all this. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not familiar with that. So I'm not going to speak on that, but I think that it's cool and it's awesome. And more power to you, but I'm definitely going to do a Google deep dive on that. Do a Google deep dive because both of my friends did it and they were like, it was like a game changer. It was like, you start hysterically Maybe. crying because your body is like pushed back in place. Um, and Beyonce may or may not have been the one that did it, that someone had found out about. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I like, absolutely love that, you know, but uh, I just, I think it's great. You know, with your art, do you find that, you know, pre-baby, you know, pre-baby, PB, um, do you find mm -hmm. that your art was a way of you expressing your emotions? Like, was that your creative oh, outlet? It always has been. Yes. Yeah. It always has been for me. I think um, I, the last two years, I've actually gone through a lot of, I did a really big sort of like just deep dive into a lot of stuff that I hadn't fully solved right. for myself when right. the pandemic started. So that the time that that created for me was actually really, um, it was really beautiful. It was like actually a, a good window of time where I didn't feel like I had to hustle all the time. And right. it gave me the opportunity to really dig deep and kind of do a little soul searching. And it, it brought a lot of stuff up and it solved a lot of stuff. Oh, I love and my work started changing tremendously during that time so wow. I kind of like the, everything started morphing into a completely different area and um it's less controlled now it's more it's very intuitive my work it's like it's it's definitely a reflection of where I am emotionally right. always yeah oh I just and love it 
it is an outlet. It's not only just create creative outlet, it's an emotional outlet, but I, I, I'm so happy that you say that it was like that, that it's evolved so much, you know, and changed Mm. because I think that we all have changed as a society and as a universe, like, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, pre-baby, post-baby. Like, I can't wait to see what your work ends up looking like after the baby. Like, I think that that's going to be such a different experience and like so fun. It must have been so fun going to Art Basel being pregnant and being like, this is such a moment. It was great, but it was like, I'll tell you, it was the time no one knew I was pregnant. And I was just, I looked at my husband, I was like, I need to eat. And then someone brought out a pizza and I was just double fisting yeah. pizza, you know, and he, he looked at me. He was like, who are you? He's like, who is this woman? What is this? What woman? Oh it my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I absolutely love that. And is there any advice, you know, this is something new that I've been asking a lot of the moms that have been coming on you know, something that you experienced during pregnancy that you found either really helped you or that you would like to share did not help you and and want, you know, everyone's experience is obviously very different, but if there's something that you could, you know, Mm -hmm. bless that person, the next person who may have just found out that they were pregnant right now, you know, with something that you experienced in your journey. I think just knowing that everyone's journey is different yeah, and um, not listening or, or, not like diving into negative information that scares me so much, but staying focused on what I do want and on, you know, the kind of experience I would like to have for pregnancy and birth has really been so helpful. And if, you know, if someone has a, like you said, if someone has a bad experience, that's, that, that was their experience. That doesn't have to necessarily be yours. And um, yeah, just coming back to, you know, like whenever something freaks me out, I also trusting the baby you know, I like really trust this baby because it's not a singular experience. It's you and this child that you're growing that are creating this experience together and also birth. It's, it's our birth and it's our baby's birth. And you're working together with this child, you know, for, for him or her to be born. Absolutely. And the, the baby, someone said recently to me, actually also like in birth, that the baby's not hurting you, you know, no. The rush, the sensations you're experiencing, it's a good thing. It's opening you up so your baby can come out and be come to you. Yes. And um, yeah, like those those are some things that I, I I just love to hear positive birth stories, hear positive pregnancy stories, and then like zoom in on that, focus on that, and know that that's how it can be. Well, and also I think something that w- both of us are, you know, have learned with the hypnobirthing is when you get the affirmations and you get the, mm-hmm. you know, rainbow relaxation and all these like wonderful mantras and, and yeah. sounds and hypnoses, you know, there is one in particular that, that you are supposed to do with your partner. You don't necessarily have to do it with your partner. I do it alone a lot. Um, but it's more about visualizing your birth and visualizing mm-hmm. a beautiful birth that you're going to have and what kind exactly. of birth you want. Yeah. And, you know, the sensations of the room around you, what's the smell that you're smelling? Yeah. What's how, how are you feeling inside? You know, what can you touch, yeah. you know? And I think that that's super important. The more that you train your brain, right. And mm-hmm. reprogram it, um, that you're going to have a great birth, that even if there are some sort of complications, you're in a mindset of training yourself where you're like, okay, you know what? I can overcome this. And you're right. The baby is not trying to hurt me. <laughs> it's, it's not like the baby wants to come out to be with you because it loves you. <laughs> it's just coming to say hi. And it's a beautiful, beautiful sensation inside of you. And just to embrace it and to feel all the feels, I think is super important. You know, my, my last question that I ask everyone on the show is what is your emotional support? My emotional support. Wow. So I actually, oh man, that's a really good question. <laughs> it, it's mainly myself. Like I have found that, um, I was, I was, uh, in relationships back to back for a long time. And I think a lot of codependent relationships as well. And then right around age 28, 29, uh, the last one of those long relationships ended and I spent a good four years by myself. Wow. And it was really, it was really like rough. There was, it was really rough at times. I had, um, not, that's a whole other, a whole other discussion that I won't get into, but, but I had a lot of, you know, um, 
depression and a lot of like just stuff that I dealt with. And I worked through it. I worked with a lot of people that were able to help me. And that took a while to find the right people to right. help me. Um, but I, I, I got to a point where I realized I'm enough. Yeah. I don't have to look for my other half to be complete. I'm already complete. And at that point, my husband and I reconnected at the, we were friends at the wow. time, but like at that point, like that relationship started with someone who was also in a good place emotionally. And it set us up for a, a very like not codependent relationship. Right. And it's, it's, if we're in a very, like our relationship is very easy and it's very flowy. He's definitely my emotional support too, oh. you know, like he is someone who like, I, I don't even know how, like, I have so much respect for single moms or, or, you know, moms who do this with a partner who's not oh. present because I do not know how I would, how I would have even, you know, just a pregnancy alone. Of course. He's such a, he's such an important element of all of it, you know? No. He's half of it. We're doing it together. It's yeah. So so that's you know, like there's it's a whole network, I think, of emotional support. He's the he's the biggest one. I'm a big part of it. And then all the resources that I found, you know, yeah. all the like the therapists, the spiritual helpers, the workers, the you know, yeah. whoever, whoever that is. Yeah. Whoever's part yeah. of the team. No, I think that yeah. that's so important. Yeah. I love that you say that that yourself too, because I think that someone had said it on my show before and I forgot who it was. I think it was my friend Wole was talking about how he's his own emotional support. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's so true. I think that I, I, it's not even, I think I know I, I went through a very rough um, abusive relationship before my husband mm -hmm. and I was single for, for a bit afterwards. And I really yeah. learned to love myself again. And I really learned to support myself and it was a lot, you know, and, and, and there was yeah. the fear of, oh my God, you know, but I'm at an age where if I don't find somebody and then I want to have a baby, like what's going to happen, you know, that all went through my head. But at the same time, I was like, no, I'm happy alone. And I actually met my husband mm -hmm. three different times and I didn't even wow. acknowledge him. Like uh, we had conversations. He was trying to get my number like, and he's a super babe. Oh so God. it was not about that. It was just like, I was so focused on being alone and being present to myself mm -hmm. that I didn't want anything else, you know? Um, yeah. And so I think that that's really, really special. So I love that. Well, Blonda, I'm so happy that you came on the podcast. Thank you so much.